This is a fourth-hand production. And she started telling me things like, I've been with you for 6,000 years. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm a physician. I've lost my mind. How am I going to tell everybody? You know, I've got to close the office. Everybody's out of a job. Come get the loony and, van. It's all over. You know, it's yeah. all over. <laughs> and uh, Isabella said, you've had many lives. The next day, I got another memory about the time I was shot. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Uh, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't uh, know. Planes that they're building. Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. This weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome to Strange Uncles. I am Shane. You know what? I'm John. <laughs> Just kidding. John I'm, not. Tonight? I'm Josh. <laughs> I was gonna say we're missing we're missing one of our chemo sloppies here. So it's just you fucking, and I. I fucking got you suckers. Yeah, no kidding, right? Well, so John isn't with us. He actually uh, had something to attend to, so it's just John us is two. no longer with us. Well, God rest his soul. Just well, kidding. He's at a jazz game. But oh, anyway, so it's just uh, Josh and I on this one. However, it is actually a good episode. We have an interview lined up that we um, that we did. Uh, about past uh, incarnations, past life, and uh, just very interesting. I, I've been interested in it for a while, and I, I don't know about you, Josh, if you've had any history experience. I forgot to ask you. Uh, no, uh, not especially. I mean, every once in a while, I think about one of like my weird personal foibles and wonder if maybe that's from a past life, like uh, uh, being afraid of water I can't see or something. I mean, yeah. maybe I drowned yeah. in a past life or water I can't see the bottom of, but uh, maybe I drowned in a past life or maybe I watched Jaws when I was way too young. Who knows? They're probably a mix of both. You know what's ironic about that is that I'm definitely afraid. Of, I mean, I love water, love lakes, love rivers, everything like that, but I'm so afraid I'm going to drown. So what did I do? I, I joined the Navy. And never learned to swim. And never learned to swim. <laughs> There's a real easy way to avoid drowning, Shane, and that's learning how to fucking swim. I know. I know. It's one of these days. It's on my bucket your, list. I'll your make building has a pool, for Christ's sakes. Come I know, on. right? Yeah, yeah. It's insane. But anyway, welcome to this new episode. Again, we have uh, we are actually Dave and Carla lined up. They share 29 lives together, evidently, and um, very interesting folk. You know, no matter which way you look at it when it comes to past lives. Uh, again, I say in the interview that I've, I've had experiences on my side, and, and Josh, I don't know, you know, if you've had any, you know, you, it sounds like you haven't, but it... It, it it's always amazed me because you have that theory of reincarnation and karma and you know if that's the case is there a heaven and a hell is it just a matter of us going through life over and over again you know you hear that term old soul which used to just piss me off on hair all the time but you know I, I there's something to it I think I would just like it properly defined I've been called that and I'm like cool what does that mean right yeah yeah you're calling me that that means you know something somewhere somehow 
But anyway, so stand by for the interview. Um, we do have – so for those of you who are a Patreon listener, which I'm sure you already know because it already dropped, um, and if you're a Patreon member, these are the little tidbits you get. So if you go to patreon.com slash strangeuncles, you can be part of this. But we actually dropped last week a write-up on the Falcon Lake incident, and the, it is actually the biggest Canadian UFO sighting, I will say, an incident uh, in Canad history. And if you need to compare it to something, it would be like our Roswell is their Falcon Lake. Um, very interesting. Read the book, researched it, turned out really well. And again, that's on Patreon. I mentioned it because, you know, those are the little tidbits that we put the bonus episodes out there for. And we enjoy doing it. And, for example, that one actually was a recommendation from a, uh, a friend of the podcast and a, a Patreon member who happens to live in Canada. So, again, thank you, Mitchell. Appreciate that. What so, a bitch. Yeah, so hopefully that goes well for everybody. Um, I ordered a new book I wanted to talk about briefly, and even though you guys can't see on the video, I'm going to show Josh. Have you? Yeah, ever what the heard fuck are we talking about here? Of this, the Urantia. Urantia. So book. evidently, no. this guy wrote this 2,000 plus page book, and it's kind of like a Bible because it messes Jesus, but it also has stuff in here about. The super universes living in the space-time continuum. Like, it is a hodgepodge of what I, at first, sounds like a cult. And so I'm going to thumb through this a bit, and I will let you guys know how it is. But Yeah, sweet fuck, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I was fascinated. I was reading one, another book, and it recommended it. It said, oh, they talk about this and this and this. I'm like, oh, my God. And I looked it up, and there it is. You know, so this is like an alternate Bible that nobody knows about that has weird shit mixed in with Jesus's life. I, I don't know. You know, we'll see. I'll keep you guys posted. It's going to be a bit, I'm sure, with two thousand something odd pages. It might take me a day or two. But yeah, right, exactly. I mean, uh, fucking the trickster and the paranormal has like. 500 pages and i've been reading that since june oh dude i started that uh, manly p hall book and that's 600 something odd pages and and it's 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 something so folks that's another uh episode that we're going to want to do there was actually a psychologist slash social uh professor back in the 40s 50s 60s called manly p hall very interesting he was into theosophy and everything else um had some great principles great theories uh, but his stuff is thick. So we're going to research that a little bit. That might be an episode that we'll have out there. Plus, we have other guests lined up. Um, we have Robert lined up, and um, we have some other things in regards to uh, near-death experiences and and other speakers. So I don't know. You know, we kind of got a full gamut. And so big thanks to Michelle if she's listening to the podcast because she's been throwing some of these guests out to us. And uh, much, much appreciated. We're talking about this off off the mic a bit, but uh, you know, if these people, we can give them a little bit of a platform, have them tell their story, and uh, you know, it's a win-win on both sides. And so, much appreciated for her to do that. Anyway, um, before we get into the interview, do you have anything on your side, Josh? Uh, I don't know. If you give me too long to think about it, I'll figure something out. So let's just <laughs> go ahead and roll into the interview. Let's roll into the interview. This is uh, Dave and Carla in regard to uh, twenty lives, they sh- twenty-nine lives they shared together, and just uh, an amazing. Inductory, I guess, to just past life regression. I mean, it very interesting. So I enjoyed it. We did. You guys stand by. Open the gates. These mist covered mountains are 
All right, our next guest on the show, uh, we've been waiting a bit to have them. Um, after their paths crossed throughout their lives, David and Carla discovered their meditation and regression, that reincarnation is real and that they have over 29 past lives together, which personally on my side, I find that amazing. I, I, you know, uh, we talked about previous before, I've got a little bit of, of um, history of past life regression. I find it just absolutely phenomenal. It's just a weird, weird thing in general. So knowing that you guys actually have possibly share 29 lives. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. So they've been together for, for the majority of the years. Um, they're going to tell a story of how they got together. They've got books out that we'll basically we'll promote for you guys. Um, but it is actually a pleasure to have on uh, Dave and Carla. Thank you very much for coming on Strange Uncles. Thank you for having us. Yep. So number one, thanks guys for taking your time. Much appreciated. Uh, you know, and again, I, I, you know, we find the reincarnation of past life just fascinating. And, and obviously, you two have a web to weave, right? You've had years together, you know, things that you had interaction with. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess we can start there just for the listeners on the backstory of, of, of how, how did this all, how did you stumble on this and put this puzzle together? Well, uh, back in 2014, um, Dave's a physician and I was his office manager and we were implementing electronic medical records in the office. And of course, you know, we were not young then, we're still not young, but we were used to paper and pencil and pen. We weren't used to computers to this degree. So it really altered everything and it was such a nightmare. And Dave, who I love to tell people is normally a cross between Yogi Bear and Barney Rubble, (laughs) he was such a crab. And I couldn't talk to him. And we had been working together since, you know, 1998. And this was now 2014. And he was my best friend, but we couldn't talk about anything. He just tuned me out. And one morning I was reading through um, the old people's magazine, AARP. (laughs) And there was an article in there about meditation and all the benefits. So I brought it in and I said to Dave, all right, we have to do something. You are a crab. You're unreachable. I can call a counselor or we can try to meditate it as an office. What do you want to do? And Dave said, well, let's let's try to meditate. So we decided to meditate as an office. There were two other office girls and uh, we came in about a half an hour early. And the first two days we did it all together. Um, and then on the third day, the other two girls didn't want to come in early. So it was just Dave and I. And we started to meditate. Um, I had done meditation years before, but, you know, my scary Catholic upbringing told me I shouldn't do it. I could conjure things up. So I had stopped, but I got back to it. We played some music. Um, We were peaceful and calm and the patients hadn't started yet. Um, We weren't, our heads were not stuck in the computers and it was very relaxing, but all of a sudden patients came in and we had to get busy. And as we walked out the door, um, Dave said to me, um, Carla, I think I was talking to your mother. And my mother had died 20 years before, and he never met her. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. And so I went on to kind of tell Carla that this woman appeared that kind of reminded me of her. It looked like her from a side view with her eyelashes. And the woman was this happy, smiling woman. And she kept trying to show me a shoe. Hmm. And Carla, being the way she is, went over to the computer and brought up shoes. And there were 60 or 70 on the screen. And she said, okay, which shoe was it? So I said, it's that one. And she looked at me and said, that's the shoe my mother wore all the time. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Okay. Interesting. Uh, mm. She was a ballroom dancer, and that's oh. she wore a particular shoe all the time, um, like for dress and for church, and when she ballroom danced. So Dave couldn't possibly have gotten that. He and never so, knew her. No. So you know that in itself started to make me think this this is strange for me, um, but we kept meditating, and I felt fantastic. Uh, I was no longer grouchy. I would get up and run down the hall and start seeing patients. It was really making a difference. We were meditating every day. And while meditating even at home, I suddenly had this strange memory. And I was standing in an alley. And I looked across the room or the alley. And I saw Carla, though she didn't look like Carla. And suddenly... There was two big flashes and I got hit in the chest and I was knocked hmm. over dying. Hmm. That's all I knew. I kept meditating. A couple days later, I got this memory and I was on a beach. And the memory was from 1962. Wow. And I was alive in 1962. <laughs> it tells you how old I am. Thanks for clarifying. Was, okay. Okay. And I was three years old. My father was a high school teacher and was going back to graduate school. We lived in Nebraska. And in 1962, we got a little blue sedan and we drove all the way across the country to Boston. And my dad went to graduate school there. And that summer, he took us to the beach. And I was telling Carla this memory, because I told her about being shot. And I told her this memory, I'm running on the beach. And I'm screaming and yelling, and there's a Ferris wheel in the back and a roller coaster, and I can see the little feet hanging from them, and I'm screaming, and suddenly I hear this voice. It says, stop running, stop yelling, you're bothering my family. Hmm. And this little girl ran over, pushed me down, sat on my chest, gave me a kiss on the forehead. She jumped back up, put both hands on her hips. She had on this little two-piece blue bathing suit with ruffles. And then I heard in the background, Carla, that's not how little girls act. And Carla said, I said, that was me. Oh. Uh, my sister and I, my sister worked with me in the office too. And we had like um, chills up our back because first of all, we had worked with Dave since 1998 and he never mentioned living in Boston. So when he told us this, we were floored to begin with. Then that particular story, I remembered it like it was yesterday. I didn't need meditation to remember anything because I was raised um, Catholic. I was the sixth daughter born to my parents. They were always getting separated, but never quite divorced because they were Catholic. And that particular day, my parents were back together and they had rented two cabs because we didn't have a car. We were not well off. And we went to Revere Beach. Now, Revere Beach isn't just a beach. It has an amusement park. So when he started talking about this, I knew what beach this was in Boston immediately. But when we got there, for whatever reason, I didn't have a bathing suit. Hmm. So all seven of us went across the street and um, I got my first brand new two-piece blue ruffled bathing suit. And I remember oh, it because, first of all, my parents really couldn't afford to buy me a new bathing suit. I always inherited one from my sisters. Um, but for Dave to remember that, um, it was just 
like, how do you know that? But um, just a couple of years ago, I had regression um, because all of Dave's memories that he gets through meditation are not through regression. They're spontaneous memories he gets through meditation. And just a couple of years ago, when I was regressed for the first time, now remember, it was almost seven years ago that this all began, um, they took me to that particular place that day. And the reason that I yelled at Dave and knocked him down is he was obnoxious, first of all, but he was running like a three-year-old would, screaming like this, ah! That's why I knocked him over and said, be quiet. He huh. was just a little obnoxious boy. But anyway. I had never seen a beach before. I, I was from Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. So, we, you know, we're going, wow, I had this memory. And I said, what is this other memory where I saw you and I was shot? And so I kept meditating. And suddenly I met a woman named Isabella. Mm. The title of our book is The Gift of Past Lives with Mother Isabella Guided Elizabeth. So if, if that tells you anything, Isabella was my spirit guide. And she started telling me things like, I've been with you for 6,000 years. And I'm like, all right, I, I'm, I'm a physician. I've lost my mind. How am I going to tell everybody? You know, I've got to close the office. Everybody's out of a job. <laughs> Come get the loony and, van. It's all over. You know, It's okay. all over. <laughs> and... Uh, Isabella said, you've had many lives. The next day, I got another memory about the time I was shot. Hmm. And in that memory, I met Carla, or this woman that sort of looked like Carla. Now, it doesn't look exactly. Uh, she's a few years younger. She was blonde <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> had the same uh, steel blue eyes. And she... Um, I met her. She was singing at a wedding. And I talked to her at the dance after the wedding. And I, and the next, and I asked her if she wanted to go to breakfast the next day. And she actually showed up for the breakfast. And we took a, a walk along the Chicago coastline. Hmm. And it, while I'm walking along the Chicago coastline with this woman that looks like Carla, she tells me her name is Ruby Donaldson. And that she's from Bullock, Georgia. And that she was a flapper and a speakeasy. And that she worked for a man named Angelo. And it was Angelo's wedding that I got to go to where I met her. And all of those things started, were happening. We found out later that I got involved with Ruby. And that since she worked for Angelo, he shot me. Oh. Uh, Carl is very curious because I think this is quite a strange memory hmm. uh, that is certainly not from 1962 when I actually was alive. Mm -hmm. And Carla runs out and starts to do some research. Um, one day I was not working and I had written down, we were journaling everything that, that Dave would get every time we meditated because often he'd just get faces and pictures and names and we just wrote everything down because we didn't understand any of it but this particular time when he told me my name 
um, I got onto Ancestry.com and I went back to Bullock, Georgia and looked for Ruby Donaldson, which, by the way, was a very popular name in 1904. But I did find her. And the reason I was able to find her is that we knew her parents' names were James and Anna Donaldson, and she was one of 11 children. So I found that. I couldn't find a picture of, of me when I was Ruby, but I could find pictures of uh, my parents and some of my siblings. Then I also found um, newspaper articles, one that was um, the wedding of Angelo Jenna to Lucille Spaniola, January the 10th, 1925. Now, uh, Angelo Jenna was the, the big mob boss right before Al Capone. I don't know about you, but I had never heard of him. It was not a name I knew. But there it was. And then I found another article that was showing a picture of their birthday, their wedding cake, birthday cake, their wedding cake, which was over 10 feet tall. Um, and it, there were two women standing next to the cake in the picture um, to show you just how tall it was. It served 10,000 or 3,000 mobsters. Um, and the wedding was held at Ashland Auditorium in Chicago. So I called Dave and I said, you know, you are not crazy. Whatever you're getting. I found all of these things. So these are legit. So we just kept meditating. And so I, I came in and I started telling her more of Ruby and JJ's story. And as I'm telling her the story, this will sound interesting, but I started to feel like I was JJ. And I started talking as JJ. And as I'm telling her the story, Carla started to respond with the appropriate answers and already knew the questions hmm. and had the same memory of 1925 before we were born. That's the moment we go, okay, we both have the same memory. We've sort of corroborated it a little bit, you know, with the research. We actually drove to Chicago. We drove down Halstead Street. We got out of the car. We started walking. I said, we need to turn the corner here. And we walked up and I said, this is the apartment. I'll be dead. And this is where Ruby lived. And a friend of ours did the research and found out the apartment was built in 1899. And it actually been there ever since. So suddenly we've got all sorts of facts and things. And I think I can't be completely crazy. We started doing all the research we could. Um, we found out about Ian Stevenson, Jim Matlock, Jim Tucker, who have all done research on kids um, who have spontaneous memories. We found out, and there's about 2,400 cases that have been confirmed by them since 1960. We found a lot about past life regression and meditation and hypnosis, which shows that all three access the subconscious mind. Meditation can almost become a form of self-hypnosis. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. exactly. And so we knew that theta waves and delta waves all occur during the same brainwave pattern in the brain when those things happen. So it started to make some sense. And then we started getting more and more memories more and more of these experiences and we kept journaling them till we found 42 lives for me and 34 for Carla mm -hmm. and that we had been in 29 of them together. 
So I have a quick question. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you guys. So I, and I don't know if I can word this the right way. Number one, that's amazing. And I know, you know, you had mentioned children. Um, I've read a bunch of books that necessarily, especially children, they have a niche for this where they sense they have that life that they lived before. I mean, it gradually fades away. They hit puberty. It kind of goes away. I think life right. just, just burns you down basically, you know, and then you're not, you're not innocent anymore, but there's been yes. so many reports about children seeing this. Right. But when you, when you talk about your past, so going back to Ruby, going back to just the, the couple that you had mentioned, did, did that correlate with your age? Does that make sense? Like where you were born in whatever year. Yes. So that course, so you can, Hey, this was my life. I was shot or whatever happened here. This Correct. is when my, so that you saw that timeline, that timeline's accurate for the most part. Correct. From everything that we have mm-hmm. written down, the timeline is, is extremely accurate. And we actually have, um, Basically, almost every one of these lives, the timeline from close to when the when we would have been born, or now some of these lives, you can't know what happened every all seventy years because I'd be meditating twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, trying right. to relive mm-hmm. that life. Um, but we know where we lived when we were born. Um, Carlos, what our astrological sign absolutely. was, what oh, we wow. died from, those 29 lives, we have all of that information. Now, well, Carl- and it, oh. it makes sense that you wouldn't remember everything from every life also Mm-mm. because it's like, I don't remember everything from this life. You know what I mean? Correct. I don't know what I had for uh, breakfast yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, the highlights. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, Carly, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you had a Catholic upbringing. So, you know, it was a bit taboo for you to even approach this mm-hmm. kind of thing but dave and, yes. I, and i might have missed it i apologize dave but i don't believe you did you have any interest before these happened did you have any you know you studied it or you had a, a family friend that knew it or any kind of correlation um really the no. most open-minded person <laughs> i knew was carla i was raised <laughs> catholic also okay um it's it's interesting while we were doing some of this I saw a life for Carla uh, in the 1700s where I was a uh, small boy and I was eight and I think you were 16 or something when we showed up in this story. And I I saw when she got married in the 1700s and then she was thrown out of the wagon and killed. And Carla looked at me and said, oh, my God. I went to a medium once who told me I was thrown out of a cart in the 1700s and was killed falling out of the cart. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, and I'm like, Oh boy, you know, so all those kind of stories keep happening. And the next part that was kind of interesting that we didn't notice to start with, but there was a time when I saw a Mayan temple and was trying to explain it to what it looked like to her because I didn't really know what it was to start with. And she brought up a, a Mayan temple and said, is it this one? And I said, yeah. And she says, oh, I went with my husband and we went to visit that. It was, it, mm. you know, in this life, I've been there. Wow. I told, mm-hmm. and I told her about a life in England. She said, yeah, we, we went there too. Huh. And mm-hmm. we had a life in Bermuda and she said, yeah, that's where I married my husband. <laughs> 
And I told her about a life in Italy that I found. She said, yes, we've been there too. (laughs) She was drawn back to all those lives subconsciously as places she wanted to visit. Yeah. That's, Oh, that's absolutely amazing. I, uh, Carla, so I'm assuming that you're married, Dave. I don't know if you are. I, I'm divorced. Are you divorced? I, I don't know if your your uh, your better halves are jealous with knowing that they live 29. <laughs> that you guys have this 29 lives you shared together. You know that that's just absolutely amazing. I mean, just to track that, I I, I find. But it's that. been in a lot of roles. It's right. it's been in a lot of different roles, and and you probably know what a, a family mate is or a soul mm-hmm. family. You've probably Correct. heard of that yep. before, yep. where you you know reincarnate with the same people over and over. Well, my husband has been in like sixteen of our lives, and oh wow, it's the same with him. I've been his mother. I've been his um, wife. I've been him. Well, I've been his mother a couple of times. Sometimes I think I still am. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, um, I've been his neighbor. Um, and huh. the same with Dave. Dave has been his brother. Um, Dave has been his father. Wow. And the same with my sister. We You just keep traveling in the same circles. Now, Dave's um, former wife was not on board with anything. She was too afraid to learn anything. Hmm. And, you know, fortunately, he was going through a divorce when this was all happening anyway. Right. But Tom's been on board since the beginning and my sister. So it's nice to have two people that actually knew we weren't crazy that, that were on the ride with us from the very beginning. What's that support? Because it's Yeah. Yeah. If you have yeah, no support, I mean, this, this is hard because there's a lot of people in the world that think that this is way outside of normal. Well, mm-hmm, I can yes. tell you after seven years, this is our very much our normal. Mm-hmm. Um, we just keep journaling things and keep writing things. It becomes a passion because our, our first book, we have parts of fit 21 lives in it. Our second book has parts of seven lives in it. Book three that's going to come out in three or four months has one pretty extended portion of a life because we went back to it multiple times to try to demonstrate some of the things that are important. Right, right. Um, and, you know, and then because we've had so many lives together, we started looking at patterns, trying to see if we could, what we could understand. Uh, here's one pattern. There's a there's a Viking life where we try to attack the coast of Scotland. They have no money. We stay, and the Scottish people welcome us welcome us into their community. Clans. We soon yep. fight. Find out that the Scottish are fighting the English, and in the next life, we're English fighting the Scottish, and in the next life, we're Scottish again fighting the English. And then Carla has a life where she is of Viking descent and marries into an English family and is fighting the Scottish again. That's amazing. So So we literally find that we're on both sides of the war. Sometimes if the war lasts long enough, we're actually fighting our own country on the other side during, during the same war um, synchronicities, you know, that's just, that, mm-hmm. yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Um, we're going to take a quick break. If you guys are okay with it, when we come back, we'd, we'd like to, sure. well, we'd like to dive into a little bit of, you know, promote your books, of course, and then just, uh, yeah, fascinating, uh, topics all together. So, uh, folks stand by, we'll be back in a sec. Believe in UFOs. 
felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, everyone. And we are back with Dave and Carla. Um, well, I want to promote your books. We want to mention just so, you know, if people are, are curious in this, which again, I, you know, it's amazing because I've just had a snippet of what you guys are experiencing and, and it just blows my mind. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong on all this. I just want to make sure we're in the right thing here. Uh, your first book was uh, A Gift of Past Lives with Mother Isabella God and Elizabeth, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. And then you have a, a book coming up soon. What was the name of that one? Well, we have a book that's already out now. It's called Hell No Reincarnation. Okay. And then we have a third book that'll come out probably the end of March, which is called The Manual. Okay, fantastic. Um, so everybody, you know, look for those and, and find them. I've got several reincarnation books, and I got to say that uh, your first one will be on my list soon. Um, <laughs> I have – so we, the question for you is – when you talk about reincarnation, so now we're getting into a little bit of a belief system, right? I mean, you, both of you were born of Christian faith and, yes. you know, and you still are, I'm assuming, you know, because of yes. the, the title you book, how you follow. There's a lot of people when, you know, they, and, and again, we're really, we're, we're stickler with labels. I, you don't, I think labels ruin people to a certain point because everybody uh, has to be in yeah, this we box. Believe. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. Which I, I find that great. How was that difficult for you to know that you know this is your Christian belief system when you discovered this and you started finding these lives out and started the meditation? Did that shake those grounds at all on your faith, or how easy was that to kind of interweave them into where you are today? Well, if if this makes sense, Shane, it's we had the first book. The second book is really sort of our journey to try to reconcile a little bit. Uh, the, the second book has religious history in it, some of our past lives, some of the reincarnation research, all of those kind of things in, in one book. And again, we've been blessed because we met Isabella, who has been able to explain some things to us along the way. Then we met Elizabeth, who is, Carla's spirit guide, which also made it better. And then we had God, and I'm going to tell you that we had a time when God actually spoke. Mm. And but those experiences do help ground you if you start talking about how you feel religiously. Um, again, reincarnation was God's plan from the beginning. There is no hell. Those are all messages that we've gotten. God literally gives you chance after chance after chance to get this right. If there's a loving God, would he create you knowing you would fail because he knows all, never give you another chance. And because he created you and knew you would fail, you would spend eternity in hell. It's a lot more pleasing when you realize that the plan is you need to learn and grow, make the next step learn the lessons that you need to learn. And Carla can tell you maybe about 
the five simple rules that we learned that are important. I was just going to say, actually, I, yeah, I want to lead uh, into that. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to ask about those. Yeah. Well, um, past lives, finding out about your past lives. It's fun. It's entertaining. Um, it's scarier than hell at times. If there was one, ha huh. anyway, um, <laughs> um, what we found out kind of early on was the way we should be living. And, after every one of the 21 lives that we have in the first book, The Gift of Past Lives with Mother Isabella, God, and Elizabeth, after every life that we told the story on, we actually put the reason that we reincarnated another time, what we did wrong in that life. We don't like to say right and wrong. We like to say positive and negative, that which creates karma and that which doesn't. Um, but if you live a life that is without conceit, jealousy, selfishness, and if you live a life with forgiveness and love, that controls everything. You're doing really pretty well if you can do that. Now, it's really hard to do, obviously. Dave and I are slow learners because we're over 6,000 years into it now. Right. Uh, we, you know, we hope at some point we figure it out. We kind of are with this. Um, but if you can remember those five simple rules that every time you go to do something, and I do this every day, even after seven years, before I do it, I say to myself, wow, was that selfish? Was that conceited? Um, because if you stop and you ask yourself and you're making yourself accountable, you're self-evaluating constantly. If you do that and not in a neurotic way, just you know, put yourself in check, mm -hmm. then you'll start to decrease the karma. Yeah, and I you won't be increasing. Right. And and whether, you know, I'm a firm believer that no matter what you believe in, whether it be a Christian God or something that maybe is not even Christian remote, if you have morality and ethics behind you, that's that's mm -hmm. half the game right there. So what's the end game then? When do you figure out so when you and, and again, hopefully I word this the right way, you know, you hear the term old souls. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's been around for a long time and you know, my mom used to tell me that I'm an old soul, whether, you know, however it comes to, to lie or not. But when do you get to that pinnacle? You know, and now maybe I'm talking a little bit about what Buddha believes in, Nirvana, reaching that echelon to where, okay, we you, you know, six thousand years, you guys got it. What's what's your belief on that? What's that look like? Well, it, it really comes down to uh, the very simple definition of love. Um, and it, this is all regarding you're created with free will. Free will really becomes the, the key issue here because without free will, you can't love. So there is the only way we can really do this is if we learn as we go until we start to do love that's unconditional. We choose to love because if you can't choose it it's not really love if it's coerced if it's forced if you love only because you're going to hell it's not really love right. because you're responding to a warning yeah and so it's really getting to the point of making an unconditional decision to love yeah it's a scare tactic if that's what you believe in yeah yes you know the church teaches a scare tactic and if you look at the history of the church, you realize that reincarnation really was a Jewish concept. Mm -hmm. It was also a Hindu concept, a Buddhist concept, right. a concept all the way back to the Egyptians. This was the belief system. And, 
after Jesus's time, they start to write in anybody who disagrees with you're saved by somebody else's atonement. You can't say you're learning on your own because you're only saved by someone else's atonement. It's, it's somebody else who takes your guilt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say you should live the way Jesus did because apparently Jesus got this right. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus' teaching actually is still follow the law, but love your neighbor as yourself because you should be loving because you don't follow the law because you're going to go to hell. You follow the law because you're loving. Because you know it's right. Because you know it's right. Yeah, it's that simple. Yeah. It amazes me how many people don't get that in this day and age. It just just blows my mind completely. Um, Let's shift gears a little bit if you guys are okay with it. Let's talk about the methods of doing this. Somebody's interested. You know, I know. So, and again, you know, I, I mentioned my experience years, years ago. It probably was 15 years gone by now. But it, it was a meditation class. It was a past, li- past life regression class that uh, I had found. And I went with a, a, a friend that I knew and we both went under and did it. And the one thing that I took from it, and I, I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing, but I went through three or four different lives. I was in a cave. I was drawing on a wall. Then I was, uh, in, it seemed like an Indian. I was hunting. It was a forest. You know, you go through these lives. But one thing that I realized, the, the standpoint, we talk about synchronicities or patterns. Every single life that I went back or I felt I was part of, it was just me. There's nobody else around me. I was always by myself. I had no family. I had no, there was no other people. Mm-hmm. There was no other. So it just, it struck me a little, I, I guess it scared me. I'll be honest with you. Cause it's, that's not a good way to be, you know, when you're a nomad and maybe you've been this nomad for, you know, however many centuries or thousands of years, but and that was my experience. It was very rewarding and, and actually set me back a bit because it, it really made me think for quite a few years after, you know, like how I mapped what I was doing in this life. When somebody wants to go back and do something with reincarnation or past life regression, what, what's that method look like? What do you, what's your recommendations on your side to get, get your foot in the door? Dave, can I say something first? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. So a couple of years ago, we, we went to, Dave and I went to the Omega Institute and we trained with uh, Dr. and Mrs. Brian Weiss in past life regression. And we don't do it, um, you know, as a living, we do it to help our friends and family. And I will say that the majority of the time, and I've had it done and Dave's had it done, the majority of the time when you go through this yourself, you don't necessarily see a lot of people around you. Oh, okay. And you're, so it's not that you are all by yourself necessarily. And your, your subconscious and your spirit guides, they're only going to let you see what they think you need to have seen. Um, if there's value in it, if there's a lesson in it, because, you know, we've, we've done this enough times that very seldom do other people pop in or somebody does for a minute and they'll recognize them. But it's not all the time. Um, so I wouldn't even worry about that. I, I don't think you're necessarily a loner. 15 years but later, and I'm just finding that out now. <laughs> no, that's uh-huh. just the part of the experience. Right, the, right. the other part. But first thing you need to do is meditate. Start religiously with meditation, because if you're going, if you're going through the process of past life regression, sometimes, and this happened with my very uh, best girlfriend, 
um, she was frightened because I took her between lives and it got all dark and it made her nervous and she didn't know what to expect. And then she saw lights. Well, when you meditate, if you do it religiously enough, what happens often is you start to see um, a lot of times you'll see lights and you'll see colored lights. Um, The colors are your angels. You may see faces. Those are past lives. You may see objects from your past lives. And if you do this religiously and you start to to journal what you see, then when you get to the point of doing past life regression, you're not so startled. Now, some people go through it Mm. smoothly and they don't have any problems. There's other people that have all all kinds of barriers up and they're nervous. So I would say meditate. Religiously first. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. And the, and the 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 next thing, Shane, is certainly if you saw no one in any of those lives, there's probably was a lesson for you somewhere in that. Even if that lesson is you need to be more reliant on yourself, or you were relying too much on someone else. <laughs> That's funny you mentioned that because I'm. Yeah, my wife hates it because she's like, you should just do what you want to do because you do whatever you want to do anyway. And so it just has been <laughs> yeah. a thing. So, so and, and, the, and the next thing, Shane, is that frequently the past lives that you remember first are those with very traumatic events, including if you're alone. Mm-hmm. That's a traumatic event for most of us because we're social beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So some people... The first past life you take them back to is the life they were shot, just like me when I remember JJ and Ruby. Wow, yeah. Um, you know, a mobster shot me. That's pretty traumatic. <laughs> I would say. Mm-hmm. And, and then you need to realize how the subconscious works. This, this is the doctor in me who's done some research. The subconscious, of course, records everything in your current life as either a positive or a negative experience. That's the same way... Past lives are recorded as positive and negative experiences. So it's part of that karma being recorded. But everything's recorded as a positive or negative experience. When we touch something that's hot, it burns us. The next time we touch something hot, we actually retract faster. The third time you say, how much, how stupid am I? Don't touch the stove. Right. Instinct. Instinct. It's not instinct. It's, it's that reflex. It's your body's teaching you avoid the bad reaction. Mm. That's part of that karmic lesson that still follows if you go back to past lives. Avoid being shot because you were shot once. <laughs> because there is self. some. Okay, because <laughs> yeah. it helps. Yeah, there's some survival of the fittest that has to happen. Now, the next part of that is survival of the fittest is how we are born into this world. Part of our evolution as a human is to unlearn that and learn that cooperation is really what keeps us alive longer. Mm. And so survival of the fittest is involved with conceit, selfishness, and jealousy. Love is, is all about cooperation. And so as a species, if you want to look at it that way, we have to evolve and survive by cooperation now. Because survival of the fittest doesn't really work. Right, right. Um, Great words, first of all. You mentioned uh, meditation. And to a lot of folks out there, I I know a lot of listeners, I've read different books. There's different forms of meditation. Could you kind of help clarify that a bit? Like when you say that, what exactly, what form are we looking into? Well, we actually taught meta meditation. And it's kind benevolence 
towards people. Um, and you can meditate whatever makes you happy, whatever you feel comfortable with. The way we taught it, we taught at a local university. We just had peaceful, calm music, not music you'll sing to or hum to because then you're not focusing. Um, and you need to sit in a nice, comfortable position. I prefer to do it first thing in the morning because that's when I'm not going to fall asleep. If I do it at night, I'll fall asleep. Um, in a relaxed position, you want to make sure your head is in position with your spine, just like a pebble in your shoe. If it's uncomfortable, if your neck's uncomfortable or anything else, you won't concentrate on anything. And as you sit and relax, um, your mind, of course, will have a hard time shutting down. Well, you don't want to shut it down completely. You just want to rid yourself of those thoughts. And the way that we would teach people to do that is simply um, start from the, the top of your head, going all the way down to the tips of your toes, and name to yourself all of the areas in your entire body, your fingertips, your chest, your stomach, and breathe the oxygen through it and release it, every part going all the way down. And when you're very relaxed, if you're still having problems, and it does, it takes more than one time, I still have to sit at least 20 minutes. Not everybody's like Dave. Dave can just get there in three seconds. And it takes me a while to shut everything off. But if you can't shut everything off, then you simply just to yourself, like the sheeps did on TV, one, two, one, two, just like that. And every time a thought comes in, one, two. It takes a while. It really does. And it's, it's not an easy thing. Um, some people prefer to do it with their eyes open and no music. Well, I'm way too distracted. I have to have music to drown out everything else. Some people yeah. can yeah. have a lot of things. Dave can do, he can have a truck drive through the middle of the room and he stays focused. He's meditating right now. Absolutely. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I do. Uh, it, and if it, so if you're asking Shane, I would say it's not transcendental meditation because that. Literally, transcendental is that you are the universe. Um, it's probably closer to the Buddhist Zen approach, except that they usually have their eyes open and I can't do it with my eyes open. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them, you are nothingness instead of transcendental. You're sort of everything. You're everything. Right, right, right. Yeah, it, this way you're you're actually nothing. So that you're trying to shut off what you are so that you can experience that there is something that's not you. Do you guys have any base belief in, in the theory of chakras or anything like that? When we talk about meditation or getting in tune with your body and yourself to get you to that point. That's, that's interesting. That's in our book three. It's oh. coming in book three. So there, mm-hmm. there is some connection to your chakras and this and how you feel regarding your vibrational level and the level of the spiritual world so that's that's a probably a pretty big conversation we might have to come back yeah you know um i so out of your 29 lives and and again we can you know we we, god appreciate your time it's amazing conversation this fascinates me just because my mom was really into it and uh you know she would talk about her past lives because she had the same thing that's kind of what got me into it um 
out of those lives and, and you each, maybe you have something that sticks out more than others, or maybe you have one of those lives that you each shared that meant something. But what, is there one that really stands out more than others of something you experienced and how it unfolded for you? Um, I would, there's, there's two or three that are really interesting lives. Uh, there's one that's actually horrific. It's, it's in the Mayan days. There is all sorts of human sacrifice issues. You feel really horrible to know you're involved in any of those things. It was horrible. Hmm. I'm going to tell you what's the most fascinating, most wonderful life is this peaceful little life in England that is all about just two people that meet each other as relatively young and they grow throughout life and they have a child and everything is wonderful. And the two get along fantastic. It's one of, it sounds boring when you hear this. It's perfect. It sounds amazing to be honest with you nowadays. Yes. It, it's amazing. And so those experiences are the ones that we really take something out of um, because the life is pure and real. Hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a life as a as a slave. There's a life where we have slaves. So we start to look at again. We talked about patterns in the war. We find out that if you're a slave, you might become a slave owner. If you're controlled, you might control somebody else. All of those are things that have to do with that conceit and selfishness. We have one time between lives where I got to watch my father's final atonement before he was done oh wow and they and it was an incredible experience because i watched him go through and watch his own set of past few lives he had a a life where he was a slave trader in the very next life he lost a wife and a child in the very next life he was my father and he was a wonderful man, high school principal, all of those things. But it's all related to being a slave trader because in this life, he spent the last 20 years of his life chained into a wheelchair and still was positive and upbeat. Wow. He got Parkinson's late in life. So he had to live through that. I'm controlled by the chains like he chained people in the, the bottom of his boat. But he overcame that by being a loving man. Wow. Wow. Those are those are the kind of experiences you can't get any other way. No, absolutely not. Um, Carla, what about you? Um, well, I will say that I've had, you know, not just me, but throughout history, women have been sold and used and abused. Um, and I've had a long line of those type of lives which were very disturbing to me. Um, one in particular, I was 11 years old and taken by a king as a concubine, and he would beat me with his scepter. I was 11. Hmm. Um, and I, you know, I just don't understand how people let those things happen just because he was a king. And I hope things are getting better than that nowadays, but, you know, you still see a lot of those terrible things happening. Um, and, 
this is maybe a little bit off the subject a little bit, but because you were asking, you know, we're all intrigued with our karma, um, what we do right and what we do wrong. And this is in our third book, The Manual. Um, When you go from one life to the next, if in a previous life you exhibited a tendency towards being conceited, jealous, selfish, unforgiving, then God will actually give you an angel that helps you specifically with that. And it's tied to your astrological sign. So, Shane, when's your birthday? Uh, 4-18-73. I'm an Aries. You're an Aries. Okay. So you actually have um, an angel from Mario's Legion. Your angel is yellow. And the thing that you need to work on from a past life, and perhaps it's haunting you in this life, is selfishness. Now, selfish doesn't mean you're just selfish about everything. It could mean you're selfish with your time. Bingo. You just said that. So there's a lot of forms of selfishness. And we tried in our first book to um, outline a little bit what falls under conceit, what falls under selfishness, what falls under Hmm. jealousy, because it's not just black and white. And how about you, Josh? When's your birthday? Uh, June 10th, 78. June 10th, you're Gemini. Okay, so Gemini. my mind. I know. You're here <laughs> and then you're there. So Geminis actually fall under, you won't like this, conceit. That doesn't mean you're looking in the mirror all the time. It could mean that you just think you're right a lot of the times. Most of the now, time. That's about right. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't necessarily mean in this life. It could be in your last life. But you actually have a pink angel. And that pink angel comes from the legion of Shamuel. So if you ever get to the point where you're meditating a lot and you see a color that's other than a pink, it's probably the two colors blending together, which is purple happens to be the, um, help me out with this, Dave, with the spectrum. It's it's the base color of the spectrum and all angels fall within the spectrum of color of light. And so purple is the base color. So sometimes you'll get pink and purple, so you might get a little darker red, or but it's but it's going to be a pink, pink so color. Huh. So you stick with your birth sign, and if you're worried about your karma, then remember every action for Josh, it's conceit; for Shane, it's selfishness. And just think about what is selfish. That's, it could be. That, no, that's that's amazing. Do, can you do me a quick favor, us a quick favor? Sure. Um, sure. Five eighteen. 518? Uh-huh. That's a Taurus. That is a Taurus. And that is Shamuel as well. That's the pink angel. That's the conceit problem. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, it could be maybe they're fine this time, but maybe in the last life they were conceited. Interesting. Very interesting. Is this your wife, Shane? You're going to go home and tell her? No, I don't dare do that. That'll get me <laughs> so much trouble. <laughs> Good thing you hope she hears it, right? No, this is our other co-host, John. He's missing at this episode. Okay. It's just, uh, you know, just oh, we're on the conversation. John. So, yeah. But amazing. So th- you so heard this it is, here. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. So this is in your third book, correct, yeah. guys? Yep. This layout? Third book okay. called yes. The Manual. Yes, The Manual. Fantastic. And we say The Manual because and when you start- why started, do we call it The Manual? You tell him, Carla. <laughs> this is her favorite line. Well, I, for my entire life, if I did something that I wasn't supposed to, which, by the way, was a lot of times, I always said I didn't get the manual. And honestly, <laughs> I didn't mean it like an excuse. I meant it like, you know, I was divorced. Okay, well, I didn't get the manual. Um, yeah. And I was from a 
family with parents that were divorced. So I made some of the same mistakes because environmentally, you know, you tend to do that. And I love to say I didn't get the manual. I said it to my friends. So when we started to put this book together, um, that was That's the best title a- for it. And when you read it, you'll, you'll know why it's called yeah. the manual. Yeah, because I, it's- <laughs> I didn't get the handbook on that. You can't blame me. That's, yes. that's amazing. And and so that's three to four months. So that's going to be released in that mm-hmm. time frame. Perfect. We hope April. Good, good. We, I, I personally will look for it because I, I love those things. And I, I, I'm big into numbers, big in astrology, but you know, there's gotta be something more out there that ties all this together in some kind of a microcosm for us. And, and I think we're just missing it, but people like you it really helped bring that ball back into the court, I, I think. And, and we just want to say thank you for it because it, it's just it's phenomenal. It, it really absolutely is. So um, do you guys have anything else you want to promote on your side or where people can find you or anything to that? Yeah. So they can go to our website, which is thegiftofpastlives.com. Certainly they can order the books there. So they can also find when the next book is coming out, those kind of things. It does tell a little bit about our history so that you know what's going on and how to contact us. One last thing, Josh, is and I, and I always like to say this, whether you want to take the lessons from history or the lessons from your past lives, it's sort of the same kind of thing. We're slowly doing things to this planet where it's getting destroyed, where we're not taking care of it, etc. I want you to consider not only are you leaving this planet to your children, you might be leaving it to yourself. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to look at it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Very you are good. right. We are slowly destroying ourselves for one form uh, or another. And I don't not know Not so why. slowly, but. Well, yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Great. Dave, Carla, thank you so much for your time. Um, if you're so gracious enough, we'd love to have you back on. Maybe when your your book comes out in April, you know, we can kind of bring you back. Sure. And we always love going through those exercises where, you know, people are birth dates and what they're attached to and what things mean. Um, and, and yeah, yes. it's, uh, yeah, it, it's just absolutely amazing. You know, great, great to have you on. So if you it want actually to actually talks about, uh, go ahead. Oh, um, it broke up for a second there. I couldn't hear anything. Um, The manual actually talks about your astrological signs, your traits, and your archetypes. So you can look forward to that. Well, maybe I sh- I shouldn't look forward to it, but I'll give that a shot. I, <laughs> it's always good and bad, so what's going on? So anyway, yes. if you guys want to hang on the line a bit, we're going to say goodbye to you offline. But uh, folks, you know, Dave and Carla, thank you very much for coming on and um, close the gates. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, damn it. I, you know, I don't know. At the end of the day, th- th- this is the thing. People can take. You know, we have listeners that I, I think are kind of across the board. So, you know, some focus in on like John loves the UFOs things. You know, I'm more the ghost of supernatural. You know, listeners have their their little niches, I guess, that they like. But this has always fascinated me when you talk about reincarnation and past lives. You know, and we mentioned in the interview that, you know, there's children that have been reported, a lot of them, that they have seen things or they remember something from some other life that there's no way in hell that they could even know 
that that was a thing. They never had any interaction, no experience in it. Um, and there's a lot of documentary reports that have that. So I can't sit here and say personally myself that it's not a thing because personally I think it is, but I, I don't know. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say as far as like religiosity goes, I kind of agree with, with Dave and Carla on this. Like, I, I feel like this makes a lot more sense, not just in a spiritual level, but just in like the universe and the way it works, like physically, right. than heaven right. and hell. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, the puzzles, like, the, the pieces fit together better. On this right, one. like right. Uh, energy can't be destroyed. Uh, when you die, your body gets absorbed by the earth, unless it's hella embalmed. But you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like there are cycles to everything in nature and in the observable physical universe. S- so cycles in life, especially since energy can't be destroyed, makes uh, a lot more sense to me than just like you're dead, you're done, you go to heaven or hell. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Does that make any Abs- sense at no, all? No, absolutely. And you know, it's one of those things where I think we, what was the interview? I think it was the last interview with June. And she had mentioned off mic, I believe that, uh, you know, I was just like, well, for Patreon members, you guys heard it. But for the normal listeners, sorry, be- become a Patreon member. Anyway. Yes. Um, give us your money. <laughs> so she had mentioned, you're just like my husband. He's agnostic too. And, and I had to talk to her. No, I'm, I'm not agnostic. I There's something out there. It's not the magic man in the sky. I would say you're less agnostic than anti-religious. True. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I mean, especially because like you, and I don't mean this like to sound like a dick, which because (laughs) of the way my voice works, it's going to sound like that anyway. But like you tend to, when you want to talk to guests and people about like their belief systems, it, it sounds a little attacking. Um, be, and just because I've known you for as long as I have, I feel like Mm -hmm. it's because like you think religion in general is bad and I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, but like you're kind of putting them saying, let's talk about belief systems. Right. Right. You know, like, um, yeah, agree. And agreed. hundred percent agreed. I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, I try, you know, we try to be, or I try to be neutral, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it really, it is a belief. You know, and to them, it's more than a belief to them. To them, it is a, they're Christians, they've loved God forever, they've went to church, they've, you know, that's, that's encompasses and that became part of their livelihood. And to me, I can't see that. No matter what belief you, you have, you can't incorporate it that much into your life. But that's my thing. And so, you know, that, that's, you know, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, and, and I didn't mean that to sound like criticism or anything. It was more of an observation. Yeah. Right. Well um, taken. And and I think that uh I, I admire where they're at actually because like they spoke about being raised Catholic and still being Catholic. Um, but they were able to incorporate this experience that they've had that is at odds with their uh religious beliefs into their religious beliefs, which I think is is pretty awesome. I think that's very noble. I, I really yeah. do. I mean, yeah, because it's neat. And and we, you know, during the interview, it's like he said, what, 20% of 30% of Christians are not going to mm-hmm. believe this because it's this. But I, and, and I don't know, you know, hopefully, maybe I got to revisit that. Hopefully I don't, I don't pinpoint them out because you want to be respectful at the end of the day about no matter what it is. But the reality back, you know, if you've rewind 40 years ago and you were a, a true blue Catholic Christian and you said, hey, I had past lives. 
it would not fucking fly. No, no, you'd be in some. You'd yeah. be talking to somebody who was not happy about the conversation. <laughs> exactly. And and yeah. uh, and I didn't mean that as criticism towards you at all, Shane, either. But um, I think it is interesting. Um, like, I mean, we're both pretty anti-religious. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. Like, I'm not militant about it. I think that there can be, like, it, it serves a purpose. And that purpose can be good or bad. Um, I know like religious beliefs bring happiness to a lot of people. Like my family is pretty religious. Uh, Aubrey's family is pretty religious. So like, so, and, and they're good people and they're good hearted and they're kind hearted. And I see that, like, I don't think that they're stupid sheep following stupid things. Um, but as you said in the interview, religion is man-made. And one thing that struck me during the interview was when, uh, Carla was talking about, I think it was Carla, maybe it was Dave, but uh, one of them was talking about uh, hell and how hell doesn't exist because how could a loving God bring you down to earth if he knew you were probably going to fail and because you failed, you were going to go to hell, right? Right, right, right. And that uh, reminded me of my mom and um, a conversation she had when I was in high school with one of my friends. So his girlfriend was, uh, her family was Mormon. She was pretty Mormon. They'd been going out for a while. He was very not Mormon. Like his mom was a, a hippie and like they, uh, she was like the cool mom, you know, that would buy the booze and you oh, guys are yeah, all yeah, fine. Yeah. You always got to have one as of long those. as you don't, as long as no <laughs> yeah. one leaves, you can do whatever you want downstairs. Yep. Right. Yep. You yep. know, during the course of their relationships, like senior year around about, um, my friend who was dating the girl whose family was Mormon, uh, they, he was starting to, like take the discussions basically at first to make her happy. And then he started like um, kind of believing in it and wanting to come around to it. And my mom was like the cool, but not that cool mom, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, like you can hang out in the basement and drink all the Dr. Pepper you want, but um, that's as far yeah. as it's going. Yeah. 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 Um, but the, like my friends, because she was a counselor, I think my friends would go to my mom for advice and um, my buddy asked me like, well, according to everything I'm learning, this means my mom's going to go to hell. Right. Because she like smokes pot and like, doesn't give a shit about anything that this religion I'm checking out tells me I need to give shit about. And I was like, dude, don't talk to me about this. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, you're barking up the wrong. On tree, my way, guy. I'm on my way out. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I was like, you should talk to my mom. And so he sat down with my mom and she told him basically what they said was like, I don't, she was like the God I believe in is a loving God. And I don't see any way that like, there's no way a loving God would keep you apart from your mother. Something you said about that. Sorry to get all like weird religious, but like, no, it's, it's something though, because you know, really, really pegs on the people that, you know, like, like Dave and Carla, you know, I've got all the respect in the world for him because that they managed to keep their beliefs and keep the Catholic doctrine, which they were both raised with, and incorporate what was going on, incorporate what they're living with. And, and you know, it's funny because Carla mentioned one thing about, uh, you know, family members. You know, I wish family members would get it too. Right. And it was just, she had this one off that, that I just kind of like, you know, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, no, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Anyway. But, uh, I, I mean, honestly, like I even eye roll usually when people, uh, bring up like angels speaking to them and stuff. But when he was talking about like the color spectrum that you would see when you were meditating, like that is what I see. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, yep. 
deep Absolutely. purples and like neon pinks. Like, yeah, yeah. Basically, whenever my eyes are closed, that's what I see. Like it's, yeah. and I'm not trying to think about shit. Like uh, my idea of med- meditation is you just concentrate on your breathing, and if a thought pops into your mind, you go, "Oh, hey, that's cool," and then let it go along down the stream. You know, right? So right. exactly. So, but I also usually end up falling asleep when I meditate. And maybe that's why. <laughs> I got to do it more. I don't do as much as I do because I'm always, well, shit, you know, we talked about this before. My mind's, oh, I got to go from here to here to here to here. It's not healthy. You know, maybe that's where that selfishness comes into play, but um, great having him on. And, and I, and I do, I do mean that we want to have him back on because it's just very intriguing. I think with their new book um, and how they lay that out, I think there's something to be said about that, but um Anyway, hopefully you listeners like that as much as, as we did, you know, because I, I, I thought it was really good. And I, it's something to think about. And like Josh said, it makes more sense than this weird heaven and hell purgatory thing going on. It's a if thing. I can interject something real quick in that, um, like when they were talking about that in my, in my notes, I jotted down something. Um, and basically it's hell as a concept came well after Jesus. And I don't remember where or when, uh, but basically preachers started using fire and brimstone sermons to keep the surfs in line. That might go along with when we were talking about scare tactics. Yeah. And that's probably when that was adopted because really I mean, it, I think it was you know, fairly early on. Like, I don't want to say like, even like the medieval period, I think it was well before that, but it was like a, a control thing. You know, yeah, I mean? absolutely. Like, and, and when people were illiterate and you're the one telling them how everything works, you're like, well, if you don't do this, yeah. you know, like yeah. I, I think there are a few in the Old Testament, a few abstract mentions of hell. Um, and in the New Testament, there are some less like some more specific mentions of like the lake of fire and whatever, but it's like, that's all in like the book of revelations. Like, and the, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, it's a more modern concept. So that was them. Um, we are going to go and let you guys go. The only thing that I have on my side is, again, Patreon. We kind of push a little bit. Um, you know, we try to throw some tidbits out there. And, and again, hopefully you guys, you know, Patreon listeners and members, we're, we're treating you a little bit more special. We're hoping. And if you're someone who just has a story or you have something that you want to tell or you have a family story or something that relates to whatever our episodes might be, uh, please, you know, you can write us at strangeunclesatgmail.com. You can call us at 801 252 Hey, 45. You can let us know. And again, for that call, uh, three minute intervals. So if your story goes over, just call back. I'll splice them together. We'll make it work. Um, you know, we've got some kind of on the, on the line. We're trying to kind of get an episode where it's kind of call-ins, you know, we can discuss them and we can comment on them. Um, but don't be shy. You know, we, we want to hear these things. And, and if you have any experience for something with past life regression or, um, reincarnation on this episode, you know, but, uh, we'd love to add you to the, to the box. So let us know and go from there. Um, socials, Josh, you got them? Yeah, we are at... Strange Uncles Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we are Strange Uncles on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel. Check it out. There's some fun stuff there. There might be fun stuff coming. Who knows? Um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you don't mind, because like that helps that drive helps traffic huge. to us. And also, if you dig what we're doing, tell your friends. Yep. Pass Unless it on. you're afraid that they're going to think you're weird. Well, tell them and, anyway. We don't give a fuck. Well, I was going to say, in that case, get new friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. uh, anyway. Um, cool. 
No, that's where we're at. And then we've got other things kind of on the side that we're talking about. Uh, we, John, Josh, and I kind of want to dabble in uh, maybe some remote viewing, some experiments that we actually want to do live. You know, of course, COVID safety distancing and, and protocol. Um, we're looking for stuff like that because, we, you know, we want to kind of, you know, do these experiments that we're reading about. And we have these people on and they talk about instead of just being locked up in our houses. You know, there, there's got to be more out there. And uh, so maybe we can throw that out as well, you know, if we do something. So, you know. Hell yeah. But anyway, with that being said, Josh, you got anything else? Uh, let's get weird. Let's get weird. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Close the gates.